You're listening to Tim Talks, Taking Interest in Ministry, a conversation between two great friends with over 70 years of ministry between them. Ministering on opposite sides of the border, Dr. Al Stone is the General Director of Bearing Precious Seed Canada and Pastor Emeritus of the Bible Baptist Church in St. Thomas, Ontario, Canada, while Pastor Dan Wolven pastors the North Columbus Baptist Church in Columbus, Ohio. Listen now as Al and Dan review and relate their experiences in hopes of helping others who are taking an interest in ministry. Now, here is Tim Talks. And that's my good friends from Camp Canaan Land in Kinross, Michigan, a ministry of the Fundamental Baptist Church, Pastor Tim Rader. And uh, what an exciting week that was. Wow, five teenagers coming to know Christ. The bulk of the crowd, kids that were saved, kids that went to church. But um, we did have some kids that came with other kids and got saved. But uh, I, I did that message on hell again, Brother Wolven, that I did for the young people uh, in uh, Kobiak. Boy, I'll tell you, that message is powerful. We had every one of those kids praying with someone, most of them weeping, sobbing Amen. for people that were lost. Boy, God has used that message so many times. And uh, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to do it once more this year. I've got another camp I'm going to do here in Canada. And uh, I haven't preached it for a long time. And, and here's what's sad. I, I hadn't preached it for about eight years. And I kind of just let it go. I, you know, I want to keep it fresh. I didn't want it to just become, you know, a mundane right, thing. Right. And I thought to myself, I thought, okay, so if I wait another eight years to preach that again, I'll be 68 years old. I don't, I don't know if I have the strength to do it at 68. Well, I wow. have the strength at 62, but. Well, I know, but. Six more years yet. But that's that's because you're eating a lot of carrots and celery. Well, I'm not and, eating brisket. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I take a little pause between our first recording session to go over and wrap my brisket. <laughs> Slow down the cooking process of the juices. Woo, buddy. Life's good. <laughs> I have lost 10 pounds, but I'm going to put awesome. a few on tonight. I'll, I'll walk it you. off tomorrow. Yeah. Good for you. Oh. Yep. I got a long way to go, buddy. the 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 end of the road looks way far away. You know, I don't far. think that that uh, camp was really an independent Baptist camp. Why is that? Because everybody spoke in unison. No, yeah, that's true. independent Baptists don't have unity. No, no, yeah. not here, not here. No, <laughs> we snuck a few Pentecostals in just to keep it legit. <laughs> You heard them at the end. They they can never just you know quit with everybody else. You always have to add that little snicker, a little laugh at the end there. They all do it. You can always find the Pentecostals in the crowd. So, oh man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I was gonna say something else to you too. I forget what I was gonna say. Um, we talking about brisket. Uh, I lost it. It'll come to me later. It that's usually right. does. Anyways, so good, good. Um, hey, uh, writing messages. Running a church, cooking brisket. I mean, there's time involved in life. <laughs> you have to fight for time. I mean, I've had to raise the temperature a few degrees on this brisket so that I have enough time to write messages. I'm going to rush it. <laughs> if it's tough, it's your fault. That's it. <laughs> That's right. Oh, man. Yeah, so that hey. is the tough thing is, is fighting for time. Yeah. Yes. Because, look, we all like doing things we like. 
I mean, it, it's it's enjoyable to do things that you like, and I and I have to be careful because sometimes I'll wind up, and I'm not saying this because I'm awesome. I'm saying it's a flaw that I I feel afraid sometimes, and and I feel like I gotta keep working. And you know, there was a point where guys would ask me to go golfing, and after two or three years. They never asked anymore, and it dawned on me, uh-oh, nobody's asking me to go do stuff because I'm always saying no because I'm busy. And so it was like, man, I can't be too busy to be around our people. And so I tried to make some adjustments there, you know. So, But we we all like doing things that we enjoy and it, it, just fighting time to keep it pri- a priority is so difficult. Yeah, we were both raised that way. That, and and in Cleveland, I mean, there was there was a pressure on us. A lot of it was self inflicted, but there was a there was a pressure to be a hard worker and to prove your work ethic. No, and it was Bob Folger's fault. I wanted to do that as a pastor. Yes, it was, it was Bob Folger's fault. Well, I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to speak ill of the dead, but he was a tyrant. <laughs> the whole thing from beginning <laughs> to end is Bob Folger's fault. <laughs> Well, since you've opened that can, <laughs> he was he 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 made you work hard and and which he was had good. that work ethic, and he led by example. Yes, which was very yeah. good. Yep, it was good for us as young men. I think you know I see some young men today. They get in the ministry and it's not there. Unfortunately, you know they just don't have that same work ethic and. And I don't blame them. I would put the onus on those who have trained them, maybe some who have raised them, that they don't have that. And so, yeah, we we worked long and we worked hard. And there was days for enjoyment. There was some time for enjoyment. Not a lot. But mm-hmm. that started. And then when I started pastoring, I thought, I want the men of my church to know that I work hard. I don't want them to think right. that we're paying you just to That's sit right. around. That's right. I wanted them to know that I am going to earn my spot here. Yes, and uh, I think I did, but it took a lot, and there were times when I did not see my family very much, and I asked my wife when when we started. I said, "I'm going to go whole hog. I'm going to put all the time in I can." I said, "We'll take time together. We'll do things together." When we start having children, you're going to have to let me know when I need to start spending more time with the kids and taking those vacations. And she was awesome about that. She was very good about that. And so Kayla was about four, five years old. She said, we need to start taking longer family vacations. Mm-hmm. We were just taking mm-hmm. a day or two, run to Cleveland for the weekend, you know, yes. or, you know, a couple of days through the week and run back. So yeah, that was, that was, that was tough. That was a tough time, but yeah, it was good. How yep. about you? Well, I don't quite believe you. Well, yeah, you have changed. You went from whole hog to whole brisket. So you're not kidding, buddy. You have yeah. adapted. Yeah. It, from, good. From, good from, for you. From Porky Pig to Where's the Beef? That's that's where I've gone. <laughs> <laughs> the pork's on Friday. The pork lane's on Friday. <laughs> yeah, and and you get that same work ethic. You you worked with me and beside me, and you know now doing this. And as I said the other day, you're pastoring a church full time. You are the assistant or the assistant. You're the uh, youth director. You're working with Awake America. You're doing these videos. You're preaching at preachers' conferences. 
you're helping out in the Smite program. Where do you where do you find the time? Where you, where are you stealing the time from or getting it from? Yeah, well, that's just it. We do fight for time. I mean, we fight like crazy for time. And you know, I I know the adage is, you know, if you got something that needs to be done, give it to busy people. Right. Because they figure out a way to get it done. But there is such a thing as overloading, but truthfully, not a lot of us are overloading ourselves. Now, whenever you're talking about somebody who's working 40 to 50 hours a week in a secular job, and then they feel right. like they need to just throw themselves into the ministry, okay, right. now now they're really you, you really have a difficulty now. And so I, I can understand that fighting for every second, uh, but it, it's, it is that way. I mean, for us to to make sure that you just make that priority, it was much yeah. tougher, much tougher for me as an assistant pastor to be able to study than it is as a pastor, because right. everybody right. knows or should know. Sometimes they need to be reminded, you know, that okay, study and spending time with the Lord is a priority, and of course we get that out of mm-hmm. Acts chapter six. That yep. uh, we should not. It is not meat. It isn't. It isn't sensible. It doesn't mean that that work is not important of serving tables, but it's not reasonable that we should make everyone suffer because we dedicated ourselves to a few. And so that that's that point there of doing what is that priority. And so as a pastor. You do have that time set aside where the pastor's studying, but the assistant pastor needs to be working, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and, of course, my schedule, I love working by a schedule. And when I was an assistant pastor, I would plan, you know, maybe eight yes. things to do from, you know, 8 a.m. to 1230 and yep. you walk in, and, and pastor says, hey, I need you to go down to Akron and pick, pick somebody up at the airport and bring them. Yes, yeah. sir. You know, it isn't, well, I had, my, I had my things I have to do today. It's absolutely. And so that made it more difficult. You were very organized, and I will test. I saw the notepads, and I saw the scratched-off things that you did on the notepad and I attest to you know hearing someone call for you to get a bus or whatever um, you are very very organized and that's obviously when you're fighting for time you better be organized well organized and I think a lot of people struggle because they're not and what happens is you start something somebody says hey can you give me five minutes and it tends to, turns into 15 20 30 and then you come back and, and you kind of forget where you've been and you start something else and then you have to figure to come back another time. You really have to be organized when you're in the ministry and you have to realize that your time is gold and you got to hold on to it as best you can. But there are times when people have to have you. Somebody's sick or somebody dies or oh, yes. somebody goes to the hospital. You've got to go. And then both of us have put in some very late nights. I mean, there have been some nights where I only slept a few hours because mm-hmm. I had to get a message ready. And, and other people had taken that time. And I wanted to spend time with my kids. And I had a set time. I came home. I had supper. I spent an hour or two with the kids. You know, I tried to put them to bed as many times as I could. I didn't always get to do it as much as I wanted. Then I had to go out and do something. 
mm-hmm. or I had to go to the office and study or whatever. And I will say this, that I think if you can find a place to study away from your family, that does help. That Absolutely, does help. Absolutely, it does. If you're studying the house, you're not going to have the time. And I know a lot of young guys that do that, and I... I don't know how they do it. I couldn't do it. My kids wanted my attention. My wife wanted my attention. There was noise. There was fighting. I had to, you know, intervene sometimes. So uh, I think you have to get away from the home for a little bit. And it might and, be that you're that away from the home. That was just you and Ruthie. It was just you. Yeah, it was the kids <laughs> refereeing. But yeah, for sure. So yeah, you got to be organized, well organized. Yeah. So I think it's best to try to carve out a block of time. And so I, I think whenever you are really stressed like this, if you try to squeeze a half hour here, 40 minutes here, it, it's hard to stay on track. And there are times that after sometimes a lot of laboring and prayer, th- working up to the point of study, and as, as through that prayer, through the things that you've been thinking on, ruminating throughout the week, and, and letting the Word of God sort of simmer and boil in our hearts and minds, then you need a time that's sort of interrupted, uninterrupted, where you can just let it flow out and, and, yep. and allow the Word of God to do its work that it's been doing within you for two, three, maybe four or five days. And so, um, you know, I, I, I found out that it's never productive to think, well, I can study an hour here, I can do that. Mm-hmm. Now, if I'm looking for an illustration or something like that, okay, maybe maybe that tune-up time isn't bad, but that, that uh, getting the meat of the message down, it, it takes a block of time. I would say two to two and a half hours, yeah. at least a core amount of time to get the body of the message then you can always touch up later right for me and and i will say this that i am constantly sending myself emails i'll get a thought and i send myself an email and then i get i'll be reading at a passage and i pick up something i can use for my message and i send myself an email yep and i put all those emails into a file and then i can get go back through those because I, you know, the, if you don't, you lose them. I used to keep a, a piece of paper and a pen beside my bed, and if I woke up with a thought, I'd write it down. Mm-hmm. Now I just I email myself, and then yep. I've got them. I see them. I mark it as message, or you can put the message you're working on, or whatever, something like that. And then the other thing I would do is, if I was really stuck for time, I would, um, you know, if I knew I was going to be preaching, you know, every Wednesday night for a month, I would either find a chapter or a word or a series that I could do that would allow me to launch into the next message from the one I'm working on. And I would have that scripted out. I would have, okay, the first week is this, the next week is this, and have the highlighted point of this is what I'm trying to achieve. And I think a lot of guys struggle in message preparation because they they struggle to find out what the main thought where to and begin. theme is where to begin right. where to even start right right i've got to know what i'm speaking on before i put pen to paper or my fingers on the keys i've got to i've got to have that mapped out and that doesn't take very long you can you can take a short time to do that once you have a roadmap, then the journey gets a little easier and you have to stay on the main road you can't go jumping off onto side roads you get in trouble doing that yes yeah, so 
really, as we're thinking thinking this through, as we're fighting for time, uh, more time I think I have spent trying to figure out what I'm going to preach mm-hmm. sometimes than, than even studying and preparing the message. But whenever yeah. I first came to Columbus, and, and this is after 20 years, uh, I felt like I needed six to eight hours per sermon. Yes. And and I really felt like I needed and and when there wasn't a lot of people here and of course same thing knocking on doors I'm trying to be busy but you did have I did have more time and so I felt much more comfortable if I got 6 to 8 hours in if I put in 6 to 8 hours now I think I'd preach 3 hours long you know oh, I mean yeah. it just uh, but but getting that getting that habit down and then it 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 goes less. I would say I probably go about four now on, on yeah. a sermon. Sometimes two and a half, but usually it's four. Uh, but you're exactly right. For me, that's what I needed. Is where am I starting? Right now, let me ask you this: Are you still using physical books to get your information from when you study, or are you using something on a computer? Mostly books, but I use computer programs. Do you? Okay. I, when I when I study, I, yeah. I I need to reference this, that, the other. Um, it's too many windows on my screen, so okay. Um, you okay. Know, I like the the reference as far as the study study part, but right. man, the the automatic, you know, in a second, huh. uh, having yep. the having the uh, concordances and everything that's. That's yep. phenomenal. Oh, yeah. And and I would say that I probably cut my study time in at least half, if not more, using online service. Um, yeah. You know, there's still a few books that I would use. Uh, you know, maybe I'm doing a series and somebody has done that. And, and let me caution this. If you're doing a series, don't just say word for word what somebody wrote in a book. I hear so many times people talk about that. We're doing a series from Paul Chapel or Scott Pauley or whoever, and they just read it verbatim. That's, that's not studying, and that's not giving your people, I think, a, a fair um, view of your heart and your experience on what you're teaching. I mean, anybody could do that. Uh, you can you can source it, you can use it, but but to just read it verbatim to me is not really what you're looking for personally. I mean, maybe somebody be different. Maybe you're, you're different on that. But like I, Charles Spurgeon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> who would do that? <laughs> who would go word for word? <laughs> Unless they were pushed in college by a professor who sent them to the brink and they can no longer take it and they're ready to jump off the cliff, then you go word for word and give it to the guy. That's what you do. So you still write your sermons out word for word pretty much. Word for word. Yeah. Word for word. You could you could read my message and it would you know, it would read full sentences and you know I, I do have spots where you know, I've left where when the Holy Spirit opens a door, I can go, but I always have a spot where I can come back in and pick up so I can keep that thought going. If I don't, I find I chase a lot of rabbits and I just don't like doing mm-hmm. that. I, I yeah. will write, I like writing out my introduction to mm-hmm. get me going so I don't start wandering and straying like an old man. 
And so yeah. if I can get into my introduction, then I can usually get into the message with some fire and oomph. And so that that's a big thing for me. But um, I will write out a lot whenever I want to be specific about something. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe it's about politics, and I want to make sure that I, I have my sources correct and I say it right. Or maybe it's a delicate subject. I preached one Sunday morning on the circumcised heart. You know, so, uh, you know, you have to make some references, but you want to be careful about yeah. how detailed you get into that re- those references, right. you know. But right. but it right. is, it is a Bible teaching. And so, um, you know, and, and of course, uh, it, so normally I don't have it out word for word, but I usually have quite a few remarks you know especially illustration you know just i usually have a couple of asterisks and illustration about such yeah. and such and and i and right. i sort of told them enough to her yeah i color code mine too so that i can see you know i can see scripture references very clearly in red they're bold and underlined i have you know sub points in blue i have quotations in purple so I know what's coming and kind of keep it that way too. So I can I can jump if I have to, and I've done that sometimes when maybe I've got a yes. short amount of time, so I can do that. But yeah, um, and then there's some messages. You know, I didn't realize this. I used to hear these guys preach, evangelists preach. And I think, man, how do they do that? They're so free. They, they walk around and blah blah. When I realized yeah. after you preach a message eight ten times, you got it. That is exactly <laughs> right. Once I can do it, yeah. if I do it three or four. Man, yeah. you know, it's yeah. there. So, yeah. and you can yeah. concentrate a, on your people then, and you can concentrate right. better on the delivery. So, my right. dad used to always joke around, and I'm not saying every evangelist never comes up with new sermons. I'm not saying that. But my no. dad would oftentimes ask Steve and Phil Clayton when they were teenagers, they'd get, he'd say, Okay, how many times did you hear that? And they'd start, oh, yeah. Ah. I think it's 12, no, and Larry would get so mad. Oh, I don't do that that much. You know, he would really yeah. get mad. You know, my yeah. dad would yeah, yeah. needle him as only friends can. Yeah, I I keep a select few, but I try to write new messages every year um, for that year, and and seeing the churches I'm going to, I try to keep it fresh that way. But uh, yeah, I will. I'll take I'll take a series of messages for a year and preach that. And and if you have me in January, it'll be good. But if you have me in de- in the following December, it's going to be phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> I've worked out all the kinks. I've added new illustrations. I got it down. So, <laughs> oh man. Well, we kind of get off topic there a little bit. What What are some things that you did fighting for time? What are some things that you would set aside so that you did have time to write those messages? You did allude to. Well, you, you know, know, I I just I'm telling you, I always feel guilty whenever I'm not studying, and then you know when I'm studying. Man, it's just so awesome. If, if, if I could just study and preach, man, the ministry would be great. But yeah. there's so many yeah. things that, that we have to do. Uh, right. But, but the studying and the preaching, I guess, are the parts that lift me up to handle all of the other things. You know, so, right. and, and maybe right. it's different because, I mean, I, I was an assistant for 20 years. And so you're not studying and preaching as much then, and you do, and you are handling many of those things. And so, um, I guess I got a little bit more skilled or experienced in trying to get organized before I actually 
it was up to me to run my own schedule and i guess that maybe that's a that's a whole different topic yeah. is is being able yeah. to control yourself to yeah. to manage your schedule yeah i would i would you know as a pastor and sometimes as an assistant you have to say okay i'm locking myself in this room for the next three hours the only phone call i'm going to take yeah. is from my wife yeah. um nobody is to come in and interrupt me unless it's my kids and you know everything else waits i've got to have these three or four hours and sometimes as an associate you have to go to your pastor and say pastor um i'm just gonna for the next couple hours really be an intense study if there's anything you need let me know but i just want you to know i'm really i really need that time to study and you've got to do that and i i think that's probably the best way to do that it might be an hour a night it might be five hours for the week so i don't know um so that's that's where i would do it so the preparation before the actual sermon work is constant. I, I, just in our own Bible reading, prayer, it, it, it's like I have to sort of break this up. I, I do my Bible reading and prayer time for me. And mm -hmm. then I will do like church things and other questions about that I want to do or, or just some reading. I'm curious about how Zechariah seemed to match up with Revelation over here. Um, to me, that's that I think of that as church study or church reading. Right. And then right. during the week as I'm driving, as I'm going, and I'll play Scurby or somebody like that, and, and I'm listening to the Bible, and sometimes sometimes not having the radio on and, and praying. Other times I've got the radio on just because it's a diversion because I've been studying or doing yeah. you know computer work for about two, three hours, and, and I just need to let my mind sort of ease up a little bit. But I, I think that time there, the, the, the seed planting, the 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 watering the letting it grow letting those ideas begin to sprout and and take hold in our heart i i think that's where our sermons actually come from right, and and right. so to that you don't set aside three hours for it. it's a constant everything that we're doing is flowing and thinking about those opportunities for service mm -hmm. but it's not just what do i need to give them it's what what does the bible mean to me um, mm -hmm. i'll close with this i four points last that i learned in college and it's uh what is it what does the passage say what does mm -hmm. the passage mean what does the passage mean to me and how can i make it mean something to others that's right. that's a that's a nice yep. way of sort of thinking about yep. the inception of a message right um you can probably tell um i'm cutting my grass while i'm doing this podcast today to save on time management you can hear that in the background <laughs> uh, i just step out make a few swipes and come back but um <laughs> thanks to my neighbor who rarely ever cuts his grass at this time of day but, um <laughs> I, you know i would say we've, we will uh, record in the morning and he mows in the I morning know. We'll record in the I afternoon. Know. He'll mow in the afternoon. It just doesn't matter. Oh, he knows. He <laughs> knows. Um, yeah, I would say that um, 
I've heard guys say that why well, I read for myself in the morning and then I save another reading time for messages. I've never been able to do that. When I'm reading the Bible and God hits me with something, I got to write it down and it's Amen. a message. It's, Amen. Um, it just, that's just the way I work. I, I can't differentiate. And as I'm reading through and something jumps off the page, I'm like, that would be a great yes. message. And then I go off, I make a couple notes, I come back, I read a little more. Oh, that'd be a great message. I <laughs> throw it, you know, I don't use them all, but. In that moment, God hits me with, I thought, man, if, if it's getting me, then it would probably Amen. help others as well. So Amen. We'll so, well, our time's gone. We're a little longer today, but that's all right. Good topic. And uh, we'll deal with time management. And we really should, you know, we probably had, practice that now. We had carved <laughs> out a certain section of time and we needed we to did. give ourselves completely to it. So we did. And uh, when the spirit moves, you got to let it, you got to let it move. And uh, <laughs> so we are moving. Oh. Back to those references like Monday, okay. <laughs> no way. I'm Al Stone. I got to go get a message together. I can't be wasting my time with guys like that. I got to serious in the word. <laughs> and I got to finish cutting my grass. I'm Al Stone. <laughs> this is Dan Wolven in Columbus, Ohio. Please don't forgive it. Don't forget to give us a rating, a review. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform and go visit BaptistEd.com. The brisket's burning. The brisket's burning. I got to go. This is Al Stone. <laughs> this is Tim Tox. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you on Friday. We're going to be doing time management. Uh, if there's anything you need with brisket, time management. This is the <laughs> Tim Tox. Have a great day, eh? You've been listening to Tim Talks, taking interest in ministry, with new podcasts added each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. To learn more about your hosts, Dr. Al Stone and Pastor Dan Wolven, you can visit us at timtalks.com. That's T-I-I-M talks.com.